Well, good morning and welcome to La Jolla Community Church. Will you please stand with us as we enter into worship this morning?
Hello, hello, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to La Jolla Community Church's Youth Sunday service. If I had not had the pleasure of meeting any of y'all, or you're wondering how we pronounce my last name, I'm still trying to figure it out, but my mom tells me it's Tony Daskalikis, and it is a pleasure to see each and every one of you. Uh, thank you again also so much for just letting me take part in our amazing youth ministry program. Honestly, I'm pretty sure they teach me a lot more than I teach them, as much of a cliche that is, but it is such a blessing and answer to prayer to be able to work along these kids and Ryan as well as just everyone in this whole church. But uh, just so you all know, we are La Jolla Community Church. We really want to embrace that community aspect, and we would love to get to know y'all with this portion of our bulletin here. So if you could fill it out by leaving your name, phone number, email, a little about yourself and anything that is on your heart that you would like shared with God, that anything that our dedicated prayer team could pray over, could uplift, whether that's a praise report, whether that's something that, that may be going on, we would love to share with you in that. Thank you so much. I just want to give a shout out to any time you do Youth Sunday service and you invite your team in, you know, like if you went to visit a youth group, it's going to be the shorts and sandals. These guys dressed up today. So I just want to, just want to point that out that, yeah, yeah, they're looking sharp. So I, I know they can't wait for this service to be done so they can get back into their normal superhero stuff, right? Yeah, there it is. Well, again, we welcome you. And uh, this is an opportunity for us just to give you a glimpse of what God is doing in our youth ministry. And so we have a wonderful team here. We had a lot of kids here first hour. Uh, these have stuck around to hang out with us the second hour and are participating in. And just a few moments, you're going to get to hear from a couple of them on the way that the ministry here has helped to shape uh, their biblical worldview and their foundation. And uh, we want to invite you uh, to hear that, but also maybe even pray about getting involved and plugged in there. So uh, this is Tony again. You're going to get to hear from Ryan 
our director in just a few moments. But I want to point out just a couple of quick announcements. All of these are in your bulletins. Now, this is for all the parents in here. Uh, if you are a parent, you would probably just say, you know what, uh, we have enough dates night as is. Uh, we don't need any more time away from our kids. We are good. Life is well. Like, you offer those, you know, free childcare things. Like, we don't need to take you up on that. Or if you're like me, you're like, we need more date nights, right? You know, that is important. And uh, so we as a church just want to help you find time to connect as couples as much as we love our kids. I know one's in here right now. You can plug her ears. As much as we love kids, we also need time to connect uh, as adults. And so we want to help maybe just enhance your marriage. Uh, so uh, right here on February 14th, which you all know is what? Valentine's Day. Uh, from 6.30 to 9.30, bring your kids birth through fifth grade, $5 per child. That'll take care of the food. They're going to have games, activities, all that stuff covered. So you as adults can go have some time alone. And that may just be honestly sitting in the parking lot in your car, going through the 100 list item of all the things that you need to talk about when you have three hours to actually accomplish as much as you can. So if you are interested in that, you can email Barbara this week and just say sign up, how many kids you have coming, just so we can get prepped and going. But we wanted to give you at least a few weeks uh, to check your calendars and be available for that. So come take us up on that and connect and enjoy. Uh, also, just a couple of shout-outs for our youth ministry. Uh, we have an incredible team here. Again, you're going to get a chance to hear from them uh, during the service. We had a couple of them up here singing. Isn't that really cool to have some of our team here? And how many of you went through the gauntlet on your way in church this morning? How cool was that, right? Yeah, you probably got high fives, backslides, chest bumps. You got it all on your way in. Uh, but they're excited to be here. They meet during the weeks on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. So if you've got nieces, nephews, cousins, kids, uh, and you know that they would benefit from that because I know they would benefit from it. Uh, get them plugged in here. Uh, again, Tuesday and Wednesday nights are our youth ministry nights. We have a Sunday morning program. All of that's in your bulletin on the website. Uh, meet with Ryan. Just Would you give a wave right here? You're going to see him in just a few moments. Talk to him after service of any questions that you have for him. Uh, he's happy to answer them for you. But they've got their winter camp coming up this next weekend. So we need to be in prayer because he's going to be getting a lot of sleep uh, this next weekend. Uh, but they're going to go and have a great time up in Big Bear and Forest Home, and so we're going to pray for them as well. Uh, but we're just excited, again, about all that God is doing in our service. Right now, I'm going to invite Etienne to come up, and he's one of the students in our ministry who's going to lead us in the prayer this morning. So let's all bow our heads together. Dear God, Thank you for this beautiful day and that everyone here could come here today to worship you and connect with you more. We thank you for having these wonderful people that pay for the youth groups. We have a lot of fun and enjoy learning about you and all that you have done for us and connecting with you. We want to say thank you to them and to say thank you for giving us this opportunity for us to come here once a week to worship you and praise, for, praise you for all that you have for all that you have done for us. And we just wanted to pay back the favor by hosting this week's service. Thank you for our youth group leaders, Ryan, Caleb, Tony, Haley, and also our pastors and church staff. Please comfort those who are in our congregation who are sick or in pain. May we all be the nicest people we could ever be because we all know we can make mistakes in our life, but we know God will forgive our sins. May we hope Ryan and Haley have a healthy marriage and may their children serve in the church and may Tony's new baby be born happy and healthy. I hope that when everyone leaves here today, they may learn more about you, Lord. And for all the elementary, junior high, and high school students that are going to camp, have a safe journey up to the mountains. And to all, and to all the other students that will be going and may they all have their hearts and minds open to receive the word of God. And thank you for my dad for helping me type this prayer. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to forgive our sins and to live in, and to live in our hearts and for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you so much. Uh, I want to welcome up uh, wow. Eleanor Joy Oswald. I wanted to bring her mom and dad up. Angela and Drake, 
Hi. Would you give a, a big smile of your teeth? Show them those teeth. <laughs> those bottom teeth are shiny. Look at this outfit. Is this not, this, this is, uh, if you had a dictionary right now and you looked up cute, it would have her picture in it. it this is fantastic. Uh, well, I want, this is, I want to give you this. This is the contract of all terms and conditions for being perfect parents, uh, something we like to give every parent. Now, actually, what this is is a baptism certificate. And what this is is a reminder that God has promised to give you everything you need uh, to, to fulfill this high and holy calling to be her mom and dad. So let me ask you these, these formal questions. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? And do you trust in Him alone for salvation? And will you raise this little one, uh, Eleanor Joy Oswald, to know the love of Christ in your home, the fellowship of His church? Will you uh, model for her what it means to walk with Jesus one day at a time? Uh, Will you show her what it means to read the Word and learn from it, to offer up your heart and mind to the Lord in prayer, to serve the Lord as a family with everything He's given you? That's a lot. That's a big commitment. <laughs> Fantastic. I, uh, what would you like to say about what this means to you? Um, well, you know, I think one of the most exciting things about becoming a parent was, is watching Eleanor grow and, and learn, um, especially over the, the past year. Um, you know, I know that God's had his hand in her life since before she was born, and I think baptizing her is kind of a way of, of praising God for what he's done already in her life and um, hoping for what he has in store for her in the future, and, and also, you know, a way for, for Drake and I to kind of promise to, like you said, um, teach, teach and um, help Eleanor to follow Jesus for her whole life. <laughs> well, um, I think I didn't, I never knew you could love something this much. Um, I never knew you could love something so much that uh, you would lose hours and hours and hours of sleep. <laughs> and then you would forget that you lost the sleep and you wouldn't really care. And, um, and I know that that's just a very small, dim reflection of how much Jesus loves me and loves you and loves Eleanor. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this is just today is an outward sign of our commitment um, to raise Eleanor in that, in that faith. Well, I'm going to see if Eleanor will let me hold her. So, uh, so I'm going to hold her like this just so she can see her mom and dad. So, uh, infant baptism, uh, it's a. I'm going to leave her back to her mom and dad. So, yeah. We have a really, Eleanor and I have a very good relationship on her terms. So, uh, uh, infant baptism, it can be a big question mark in people's mind. Why would you baptize a baby? Uh, it's problematic. Why? It's problematic not theologically, it's problematic behaviorally, because so many people have elected to baptize their children as a tradition, as, a, as an expression of their family's culture, uh, and forgetting that it really is a lifelong commitment to be the primary pastor to your child. And therefore, all of us have seen generations of people baptized who feel like they got an inoculation and they walk away and never think again about their faith. And so it becomes sort of an empty expression, a wonderful sentimental but empty expression of discipleship. And therefore, many churches uh, would say, theologically, we're not going to do that because uh, we don't like that reinforcing people into a superficial understanding of a relationship with the living God. But when we go back uh, on that first Pentecost Sunday, we saw that it was the people and their children that were baptized. And so we believe in a confessional baptism. We believe in in the fact that the mom and dad are confessing their faith as part of this covenant that they are a part of as husband and wife. And now Eleanor is being included in that covenant of love and grace from God that exists between these parents. And so this is a high and holy calling that they are saying we will not just be uh, those who've brought her into the world and, and, and care for her as her parents. We're going to be her champions spiritually. We're going to pray for her. We'll prepare her uh, for life by, by in- introducing her to the Lord every day of her life. Yes, we'll protect her but we'll pray that she discovers what God wants her to be. We do not know uh, what Eleanor is going to be. I mean, look at her. She could be a fashionista. Uh, she, she is smart. She's just a delightful child to spend time with. We don't know what she will be. What we do pray is that she will be everything that the Lord wants her to be. And here's how that works. It's a mom and a dad committed to this child. 
it's also the body of Christ committed to that mom and dad and that child. And that's why the community of Christ is so essential for all of us moms and dads pulling off this commitment to live into the covenant as husband and wife, but to then uh, be able to fulfill that covenant in the company of God's people by confessing our faith one day at a time. And sometimes that confession is, is an act of confessing our sin. We, we've fallen short. It's repentance, turning back toward the Lord. But most of all, it's a confession that leads to a celebration. That isn't it amazing to see what God has done to raise up these young people? ATN's prayer. Is that scary to you? No? Yeah, a little bit? Yeah. What a, neat, what a neat gift you gave us by being willing to think through your prayer, prepare your prayer, and get up and pray it and lead us. You blessed us today, ATN. Uh, you guys uh, are phenomenal. I wish we had time to interview every one of you. But Eleanor is soon going to be their age. This is a shock, I hope, to you right now to realize it. Very quickly, uh, she's going to be their age. And, and, and how does it happen so fast? Because life just goes that way. That's why every day as you turn to the Lord and depend on Him, including her in that relationship that you have with Him, so that at some point she'll have her own relationship with Him. And she will, in fact, confirm what we initiate today. She will confess her faith, confirming this baptism that includes her in the covenant of God. We know that God will be faithful all along the way. So let's baptize her, shall we? <laughs> Lord Jesus, uh, we, we've come to baptize this young child. So Eleanor Joy Oswald, child of God, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have a statement we want to say to them. Would you put that slide up? Let's say this statement together. Drake and Angela Oswald, you have pledged to be faithful ministers of God's love and grace in Eleanor's life. This is a high and holy calling, and we believe God will provide everything you need to fulfill it. As you walk with him and trust in him, we will help you, encourage you, and pray for you. May God bless you and Eleanor in every way. Amen. And so, Lord Jesus, we do pray that your hand of blessing will be on them, that you will provide everything they need, every good and perfect gift uh, to strengthen them as husband and wife, to bind them together as a family in faith. We pray, Lord, that you give uh, Drake and Angela everything they need uh, to raise this little one, to know your love, to experience your grace, to learn your truth, to develop uh, her skill to serve you well. We pray, Lord, that you would give them the humility to ask for help, uh, that you give them the confidence uh, to know that there's a family of faith surrounding them. And so, Lord, we pray that uh, at the point that she confesses her faith and bring full circle what we've initiated today, we would see a, a young woman of God joining the ranks of those young people we, we hear speak uh, and lead today. We thank you, Lord, that there's people People like Eleanor being shaped right now in homes around this country, around this world, who will be a part of uh, your re revolution uh, for transformation in this nation and beyond. And so we thank you and praise that, uh, that fact that you've provided for us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please say hello to them after the service and welcome them, would you? Let's continue worshiping the Lord with Ryan. Good morning, Holy Community Church. How are we doing today? Great. Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of fun? Yeah. Woo! Good. We're going to have some fun today. So my name is Ryan Sylvia. I am the chaotic leader of this massive Munchkins. Absolutely, absolutely love it. It's one of the greatest, greatest joys of my life is to be able to serve these students. And so today I just want to tell you a little bit about myself and, and kind of lead through my heart for ministry. Uh, when I was in high school, I, I struggled a lot with figuring out who I was, right? I'm, I'm this really big guy, six foot four, right, walking around, and, and I look like I should be the starting offensive lineman on our football team. So immediately I walk into high school, and the football coach just starts drooling. Like this massive creature is going to be leading our offense. This is going to be great, right? And so I was this football jock, this football like geek who was supposed to just stand there and block people. The, my coach's favorite thing was like, Ryan, just get in front of somebody. We're running the ball right behind you. <laughs> it was awesome. But the problem with that was I was also really smart, right? I was one of the smartest kids on the team, so I could never relate with, with the kids that were there. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't me. So I had to put on a mask, right? It's single-syllable words, right? Yes, guy can do it, coach. We got this, right? 
But then I would, I would go back to school and I would be taking AP classes, right? I've been AP calculus, this like massive man, right? That would walk off the football field and then come into, you know, a high school math class, right? Put my glasses on. And, and I was expected to fit in there as well. And it was, it was difficult for me because with that, I, I, I didn't know who I was. I would go to school and it felt like I had to put on different masks. I felt like I was a different person with every friend group that I would hang out with. Depending on the people that I was with, my language would change, my actions would change, the way that I talked would change. And it got to the point where I would come home and all the masks would come off. And with it, so would my identity. With it, so was who I was. And in high school, it worked and I got through things because in high school, the, the, the circles that you sit in are very well defined. Well, when I'm on the football team, I'm a jock. When I'm on the football team, I gotta act this way, I gotta act tough, right? I'm a man. And then I would walk into the classroom, my glasses would come on, and I would change and I'd become a different person. Okay, now I gotta be nerdy, I gotta be smart, I gotta think, right? I gotta be quiet, I gotta pay attention. And I go hang out with my friends, okay, well now it's time to act like a movie again, right? Now is the time where we get to be silly, we make fun of each other, we insult each other. And I was never surrounded by, by people who were life-giving. I was never surrounded by people who were pouring into me. I was constantly having to change and put on this act. And it got to the point where there was no rhyme. There was just different people that I would pretend to be. And it all came to a head when I went to college, because in college, the circles that you exist in aren't so well defined. There's not football Ryan. There's not nerdy Ryan. There's not mean Ryan, joking Ryan. It was just me. I didn't know what to do with myself and I got lost and I was really scared and for the first time in my life, I had to look at who I was. And thankfully for me, I was surrounded in college by a group called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. A man named Paul Benton came up to me and he shared a message that really struck in my heart. He said, when you walk with Jesus, you don't have to pretend to be somebody else. When you walk with Jesus, you don't put on a mask. You don't have to find where he is. Jesus meets you exactly where you are. And so for the first time in my life, I looked down at who I was, and I smiled. Because I realized I didn't have to be this mask. There wasn't some act that I had to put on. I didn't have to worry about what other people thought of me. I didn't have to try and be a jock or a nerd. I didn't have to pretend to be smart or funny, I just had to be me. Because God had created me for a purpose. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible is, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Every time I say that, there's, there's just a chill in the Because I know now that I am a son of God. I am a man after his own heart. Because I seek him every single day. Since becoming a Christian, one verse or set of verses that has really stood out to me is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You can follow along the slides. It reads like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, when I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when I finally accepted him into my life, my mind changed. Instead of looking at the world through a series of interactions that I had to perform, instead of trying to get everybody to like you, I don't know about you guys, but if I have an interaction with somebody and they don't like me, it can be hard sometimes. What did I do? What did I say? What, what, is there something wrong with the way I look? Is there something on my face? What's, what's going on? Because every interaction, I'm trying to get people to like me. I want to fit in. I want to belong. And you start to lose little pieces of yourself. You start to lose who you are because you're constantly trying to be what they want you to be. But when you let the Lord change your mind, 
When you let the Lord change the way that you think, and instead of viewing the world through your own lens. Because we've all had things that have hurt us. We've all had interactions in our lives that tear us apart. We've had that one pastor who said something they shouldn't and hurt us. We've had that one friend speak to us in a, in a harsh way. I don't know about you guys, but my brain's favorite thing to do at like 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to sleep is to bring up all the dumb things that I've ever said. <laughs> right? Your lance, okay, I gotta work early in the morning. It's 10, you get to sleep, walk in, and it goes. Remember in fourth grade, you farted in front of the whole class, and everybody laughed at you? You're so awful and awkward. Wasn't that embarrassing? And if I didn't have a mindset that was of the Lord, that stuff would weigh on me. It would hold me down. It would prevent me from doing the work that he has in my life. So you look at the world through the lens that is the Lord. You stop trying to please other people, and you start wondering how you can serve them. You start, stop trying to get them to like you, and you start trying to like them. So you live a life with a changed mind. You live a life that says, no, I want to do your will now. I want to do what you have for me. It changes the way you interact with people. I went to one of the students' basketball games last night. If you get a chance to, to attend one of the students' conferences, or concerts sorry, or, or sports activities, please go do it. It is one of the most fun you'll ever have, watching the parents just get crazy excited for their kids. But one day we were at a middle school basketball game, and the team that I was rooting for was doing fantastic. They were awesome. There was about like 20 to nothing after the first half. And because it's a middle school game, they have things called mercy rules. So you don't run up the score on one team, right? So the scorekeeper stopped keeping score for one team on the scoreboard. He still writing down, but he stopped keeping score so that he could crush the spirit of the other team. Well, there were all the parents who were too happy about that. Hey, my son is scoring four baskets. Why don't you put it on the board? This should be 47 2 right now. What's going on? <laughs> and I feel my heart just breaks for references. I know they get this at every single game that they go to. So after the game, I just walked up to the rep, shook hands, said thank you. Not because I needed some kind of accolade, not because I'm trying to, to be this righteous person, but because I'm seeing the world through his lens. All I saw. Is a man who was trying to bless some students. A referee who was trying to ref some kids. That took a little bit of time to say thank you. Not because I needed it. I think there's a time thing. That's it's still there. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that he knew that he cared for. Because it's about changing your mind and the way that you see other people. See, when I was in high school, I couldn't like the things that I loved. I am, I'm so jealous I missed the MCU hype by about three years. And I'm so, so thankful that it's cool to be a nerd now. It's cool to like comic books. But when I was a kid, I couldn't. Right? I would go, when I would buy clothes, I would just look at all the mannequins. Right? Because obviously somebody with some fashion sense put together a mannequin. 90% of my wardrobe in high school was Tommy Hilfiger mannequins, because that's what I thought was cool. That's not what, what fit me, that wasn't my personality. Now, if you guys ever, ever see me walk around, no matter what's going on, I got some kind of nerdy, either superhero, video game t-shirt on, always. Always. I showed up for my interview here, suit, tie, dressed in the night, just like Tony, trying to show off. But underneath my suit were the Avengers, man. They were rocking with me the whole way. Because my mind has been changed and I realize that it's not about pleasing other people. It's about sitting in the righteousness that I am a son of God. I don't have to pretend or act like somebody else. I act like me. Because God made me to be like I am. God put me on this earth for a reason. I had a whole plan for my life. When I went off to college, I was studying computer science. I was going to be a computer nerd. Making tons and tons of money. Be super wealthy. And have just a great life. God looked at my plans. He said, "Right, that's cute. That's real cute. 
but I've got something so much better than that. When my mind changed, when I started to look at the world through his lens, I started to see the beauty that exists in all people, the beauty that exists in everyone. And so to this day, I strive my best to pour out that same love, that same joy that God has poured into me. That's my heart for life. That's my heart for you, Peach. See, social media is one of the greatest and one of the worst gifts that we can give. We are now more connected than ever before. We know what's going on across the globe at a moment's notice. But we're also not much closer to our enemies. We're also not much closer to people who lie, who cheat, who steal, who destroy. I know these students are growing up in an era where they're bombarded with awful things. We post a photo on Instagram. And hopefully, right, we change the trend our new students. Hey, that's so awesome. You're doing so great. Love you. You're looking great. But for every single one of those, it's, look dumb. Why'd you wear that hat? Those shoes are ugly. What's going on with your face? So when we set out to do evil, when Tony and I set to create a plan for the evil, the one thing we have in mind is how can we make this place feel like how can we make these students feel like when they walk through the door, it does not matter what you did 10 minutes ago, you are welcome. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how long mom and dad just yelled at you for not doing your homework. When you come into youth group, you are loved and you are My hope and my heart is that we can set these kids free before they even go off to college, before they enter the workforce, before they do what God has planned for them. My hope and my heart is they will already be rest assured that they are children of God. Because we spent the time just to love them. That's what we do. I don't have all the answers. I've got the Bible and I do my best to share it. I do my best to pour out the love and the wisdom that we have. That's why I surround myself with great pastors like Pastor Dan and Pastor Steve. So we can pour in that wisdom. But the heart in all of this is to change their minds. So that they're stopped, so that they stop worrying about their actions. They stop worrying about what's cool, what's not cool. They stop worrying about trying to be perfect. And then instead, Sit and just love them. So this time, I'd like to invite a couple of my students to come on up. And then, uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, I gotta apologize to Anya. I misspelled your name. I'm so sorry. There should be two days after that. That's my fault, 100%. It's Anya and Evan. I'm just gonna have them share a little bit the question that I posed to them. I'll fix it this time. The question that I asked them earlier this week is what does youth group mean to you? Or how has youth group affected your relationship with Jesus? Well, um, well, okay. Youth group to me is a place where all the sadness and worries and fears that we all contain inside of us somehow become non-existent. It's a place where some pretty incredible people come together to read the Bible, to pray, to laugh, and to love one another. Not to mention the crazy games and getting hurt on the spinny thing in the playground. <laughs> Youth group is a safe space where we as teenagers are able to relinquish the pressure of feeling this necessity to be what the world perceives as cool or what everyone else wants us to be. We've been so blessed to be surrounded by people who remind us to leave behind the facade of per perfectionism and just to come as we are and surrender to the Lord because he will always say, come to me, child, um, just as we are. Youth group is a community that has and will continue to be there for me, regardless of how far I travel. It's a community where we encourage one another to live our lives, turn to Jesus, and walk um, the walk of faith together. In a sense, they've become family, and I couldn't be more grateful for them. How has youth group affected your relationship with Jesus? Hi, I'm Evan. So I was in the youth group from fourth grade all the way up until I graduated from high school. So I'm a grizzled veteran. I feel like I'm kind of qualified to talk about this. So it's a pretty common question, you know, whenever I feel the need to answer it. I'm always at first tempted to talk about how it's made me a better person, how it's attached these personal qualities to my personality. And although I could talk about that, I won't. And that's because 
you know, and granted, youth group is an amazing place, the experiences I've had and the friends I've made. They, they let me live a life that's fuller and more God-oriented than anything I had before. But the biggest lesson that youth group teaches is that this walk in faith is not something that we have to do alone, and it's not something that we should do alone, right? So in high school, it's a massive time and change. I was just starting to work. I was starting to have worries about my future, about the college I would go to, about all those kinds of things. And I was so wholly absorbed in what I was, what I am, what I was going to be, and that kind of mindset has no room for God, no room for faith. So what better way to reconnect than a community of like-hearted individuals that love God and love each other? There's no better place than youth group for that, right? So when you're in that environment where those walls can come down that everybody can be who they are, that's where you make those connections. That's where you can see that people are struggling just like you are, that you're not the only one out there that has those questions and that has those problems. And that's what youth group is to me and that's what youth group will continue to be for me because the friends I've made, the memories I have, those are never going to leave me. friends. 
Hey, can we just... That is not the voice of God. That's just me. Uh, but can we just give Ryan a round of applause? I bet, you know... Uh, it is really hard to give, like, your vision for ministry in about 20 minutes, but I know this congregation thanks you because no one's ever complained about letting them out of church early, so we're going to beat all the crowds to the restaurants today. Um, but I'm just blessed by his leadership, and you're hearing it from these students that really what you were looking at, as I mentioned earlier, is the future of the church and leaders, whether that's in business, maybe pastors, missionaries, teachers, whatever it is, that we as a church— in uh, Pastor Steve shared this beautifully last service to have a responsibility to help lift them up, encourage them. And that maybe is, as they're walking down the hallway, just saying hello, introducing yourself, sharing your story with them. Uh, but I know one thing that would bless Ryan in his leadership and Tony as well is would you just commit to pray for them during the week? Again, they meet on Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Would you just commit to pray for them and lift them up in what they're doing? He's got a tough challenge. I've worked in youth ministry uh, for about 10, 11 years. It's hard. Uh, and you all see the news and the things that are culturally inundated amongst these kids and the social media-saturated world. Uh, he's got a battle in front of him as he meets in these schools and interacts with these students. So pray for him. But also, maybe it's some of you getting involved in what he's doing, being a mentor to these young men and women to say, you know what, uh, one of the goals, and I've, I've got it right here because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget, when I was doing ministry and, and when Ryan and I have sat and discussed youth ministry, I get the privilege of being able to oversee him and work with him, as we don't want the students just to survive in junior high and high school with their faith. We really want them to thrive. That is our mission, is really just to say, listen, don't go through it just saying, oh, if I can, if I can hold to my faith, uh, past junior high or high school, like give me 100 bucks, great, thank you. No, we really want you to know that you can't thrive, your faith intact, leading other people with you. So when you go into college, young adult, have those things called bills and a job and all that stuff that's going to come, uh, you can look back at this ministry, this youth group, and say, they set me up for success. So that's really what his heart is, I know, as we've talked many times. And maybe that's you partnering with him and this team to say, I want to be a part of what God is doing. How can I serve? And he's going to be up here when the service is done, meet with them, talk with them, and and uh, so Ryan in the student testimonies, that was great. Thank you. Evan Anya, thank you so much. That was awesome. I got a hug. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, it's, it's a perfect segue to, to our offering. And what we're going to receive right now is really what we do is to partner. You know, does God need any of us? No, but he chooses to use us. And he chooses to say, I want to use you for my purpose and my will and my kingdom work. And as we give and as we are generous in our giving, we get to partner with God and what he is doing and see the impact and the life change as we make hires and support and resource these students to get into the schools, to be in these campus clubs, to work with these ministries. That comes by the generosity of God's people and what you're doing. And so on behalf of Ryan and myself, I just want to say thank you for letting God just work in your life as you are faithful to give to him, as you're generous to give to him that we can see the children's and the youth and young adults and even what we do here in the worship and the music and the message and the preaching. This comes by God's people saying, you know what? I'm going to do my part to be a part of what God is doing. So I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. Would you bow your heads and let's just pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you thankful for the blessing this morning and getting a chance to hear of the heart of our youth ministry. Father, we care about this next generation. We care about reaching them, instilling biblical values and morals and in a worldview that says, you know, Jesus is what I need. And as we've gone through this series of our identity and a new heart and a new mind this morning, Father, really, we are who you say we are, and we can live in that and look through that lens, as Ryan shared so beautifully this morning, to be confident in who we are and what you are calling us to do because you have equipped us and created us for a great purpose. So, Father, we give to you thankful that we can see represented in what we give every week when we come here and during the week and the groups that meet and the ministry that happens. We're thankful to be a part of it. Father, would we invest uh, not just financially, but we invest maybe in our time and serving and being a part of what you are doing as we grow in our faith and see that change the lives of people around us. So we give to you this morning, Father, knowing that you can take, you can receive, and you can multiply that far beyond what we could ever think. And we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Great having Lola and Anya join the band this week. Thank you so much. Thank you all for meeting today. Well, it's Martin Luther King Day weekend, and uh, I want to remind you briefly what he said. He said, everybody has a God-given right uh, to be you. You have a God-given right to be you. He also said, uh, you have a God-given responsibility to be you for others. God-given responsibility to be you for others. Uh, and based on the theme of today, I, I want to suggest that those others are the young people in our midst. And I want you to go out of your way uh, when you're coming into the church or leaving the church, maybe to linger just a little bit longer and look around to see if there's anybody younger than you. Chances are uh, you, 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 that won't be that hard. And then look a little harder for somebody younger than them. And then figure out if they're in junior high, high school, or a little kid, and just say, hey, um, we haven't met. Uh, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm just curious. What's your name? Tell me a little, about, a little bit about you. Uh, uh, believe it or not, I was your age one time. Uh, and, and let it be that simple. And then every time you see that kid, just say, hey, how's it going? What's happening? Is your name again? Yeah, okay, great. Hey, wh what can I pray about for you? Wouldn't it be great if, if every young person in this church had five adults who knew their name? Uh, when I became a believer, my folks were indifferent, a little bit antagonistic about it, and uh, God raised up these, these incredible men and women who I had never met before. Uh, but as a 16, 17-year-old new Christian, through some friends, they, they got to know me, and they'd go out of their way, and they'd say, hey, what's your name? What do you do? Tell me about you. What's your story? And little by little, over time, uh, they became my champions. They prayed for me. They encouraged me. They were role models for me. It was an amazing gift. I didn't realize how good it was until I looked back and said, that was kind of different. How great that they would go out of their way to do that. Wouldn't it be great if we were that kind of church? When someday uh, Anya is doing some incredible thing, you say, I knew Anya when she was just a singer in the band. And you say, hey, that's that girl Lola. Oh my gosh, look at that. Well, look what she's doing, right? This is the beauty of the body of Christ. It's a powerful movement of God's Spirit. We each have a responsibility and the privilege of being us, but we also have that great responsibility of being us for others. So Lord Jesus, we pray for the young people in our midst. We thank you for Ryan. We thank you for Tony. We thank you for the moms and dads who are loving these children, loving these young men and women, going out of their way to keep them safe, to prepare them for life, to pray for them, to provide for them. And Lord, we pray that you'd bring lots of other people around them to encourage them in their work that each young person in this church would know that they are loved and cared for, that they are a name and a story, known to you and known to people in this church. We thank you for the gift of being able to contribute to the work you're doing to transform young lives, that you transform this culture and this world through them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you everything you need to walk in newness and fullness of life with Him both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.